Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit cedarhousechurch.com. Amen. Thank you, Brett. Hey, guys. Hope everybody's doing well. Everybody all right? All right. um, I love our community. The uh, variables involved with who shows up from Sunday to Sunday is vast and entertaining. Uh, From my perspective, when I get up here, it's like it could be 100 people with 20 people I don't know. It could be 25 people. And all of you are here, and I love seeing your smiling faces. So thanks for coming. Uh, My name is Landon Snow. My wife, Stacy Snow, is around here somewhere with the senior leaders of the church. If this is your first time, thanks so much for coming. Hopefully you find family here, and if not, just get blessed um, from today. So really exciting day. How many of you follow us on Instagram? All right. We have a really fun announcement uh, that I'm going to jump in to here in a second. But uh, yesterday, I went to Jazz Fest with my eight-year-old daughter, and it was awesome. She, um, you know, Lauren Daigalis, if you're a Christian in Louisiana and don't, I don't know if you're hiding under a rock or not, but uh, she's she's really well-known. She's an awesome artist. Uh, we went to go see her, and um, really that was my ploy to be able to get to Jazz Fest <laughs> so I could see Leon Bridges and John Baptiste. Anyone know who that is? Phenomenal, like world-class musicians. It was so cool. Uh, Hope absolutely, my daughter's name is Hope. She absolutely loved uh, watching Lauren Daigle, it definitely inspired her. She was very, very gifted. It was, it was a really fun day. I, I, I like traditions. I, I want to start traditions in my family and my life, and we had so much fun. The weather was perfect. I've been to Jazz Fest probably ten times, and the weather's not always perfect. It was just like this flawless day, and hope stops me. I'm like, you having fun? We were there for like seven hours, and she said, yeah. She said, Pinky promised me you'll bring me back every year, and after I just wept mightily uh now i said okay yeah we'll come back every year so i started a tradition of jazz fest which was so great but um honestly something that that kind of happened in my heart yesterday lauren daigle got up and she said i'm from louisiana she said i love louisiana and she has a song where she talked about how like i may travel but i'm always coming back um and this is her home and she sang about it and I'm, that's happening, and someone's waving this huge flag that just says Baton Rouge on it. And, um, you know, it just reminded me, I could feel God kind of tilling in my heart just a passion for South Louisiana and Baton Rouge. Um, I've lived in other places. I understand the differences in other places, but, but God is looking for people who really want to sow into a city that want to be here for a long time. One, one of my heroes says, you, you can only have revival to the measure in which you love your city. And so if we're going to experience God in the ways we want to experience God here in Baton Rouge, it's really important that we sow into our city, that we have a passion to see Baton Rouge and the surrounding areas thrive. Um, it's not just happenstance that you're here. That's why my family's here. We're here to see revival in the city. We're here to see revival in this region. Um, in the Old Testament, there's a scripture where God said, because of his love for Israel and the people, he established David. Just think about that. Because God loved a geographical area filled with people, he he establishes David's rule. So it wasn't that, you could look at it like this, God loved his people in a city so much 
that he brought leadership into it. He brought people to serve it. It wasn't that the city needed him. It was the opposite way. You, you catch what I'm saying? It's like God loves Baton Rouge so much that he needs you to be established here. God, God loves our city. He wants our area to be filled with his presence. And so you get to be a part of that. And I'm just looking for people who want to, who so into that and be a part of this. Um, and I'm just super, super, super excited about it. So find a love for your city. Find something that you love about Baton Rouge. Let's sow into it and go to Jazz Fest every year and support Lauren Daigle. Uh, so we have a big announcement today. Stacy is pregnant. I'm joking. <laughs> that would be, it's medically impossible. Uh, it would be a, a really s- significant moment. Uh, no, we're going to get to that too in a second. But uh, Corey and Haley, are you guys both in here? Yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you guys, oh look, baby's sleeping. Okay, everyone see Corey in the back? Haley, are you in here? There you are right there. These guys have a scheduled birth tomorrow, right? Is it tomorrow? Is that right? Yeah? yeah? Tomorrow. So we just want to pray over these guys um, that everything goes well healthy mom, healthy dad, you know how hard it is on the dad on those births. Uh, I've been through four of them, and I thought, I don't know if I'm, do I even need to be here? Is this, you know, am I helping in any possible way? Uh, no, why don't you just stretch your hands out towards them, their sleeping baby in the back. Uh, ba- their new child's name is Caleb. What a, what a strong name. Okay, so Holy Spirit, we just speak protection and health over this birth, God, just uh, break the power of anxiety, insecurity, <clears throat> it's just any, anything that's not just in alignment with what you're doing. I would just pray for health and a fun time. All memories would be fun. Pray that you touch the doctor's hands and lead uh, him into just a perfect birth. So we just put blessing over that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, about uh, 20 years ago, uh, I was in high school, and my mom, my, my natural mom, she's in here somewhere. Uh, there she is in the back. She, she started having dreams, nighttime dreams, and, and open visions with Jesus where he would take her into the spirit realm. Don't have time to explain all that. It's very biblical to have dreams and encounter God in the nighttime. Um, he, he would show her in, in her dream life a church building that he wanted to establish in Baton Rouge. So this is a series of like 13 to 15 different dreams and visions that she would have where Jesus would literally walk in and explain to her, this is how I want the sanctuary to look. This is how I want the rooms to look. There's some really creative stuff involved with it, stuff that even today, if if it could happen right now, I would think I'm not sure that's even a good idea. Um, (laughs) But stuff that God said would be really good. And... um, she, it was so clear to her, she had an architect actually build it out, um, and she has plans for it, drawings for it, and there's a, there's a, it's about a four-by-four four little area that actually has the, the size of the thing to scale, the size of the church to scale. And I remember in high school, I remember thinking, I want to be a part of God's dream for making that happen. I want to be a part of seeing that building. If that's on God's heart, I want to see that manifest in Baton Rouge in my lifetime. And that always just really stuck with me. And one of the things that Jesus said to her in one of these dreams was, this is not a command, this is a gift. Um, This isn't something you have to do, but this is something I have in store. 
if you want to do this. And that, that just always really rang with me that God has a gift. It's a building that's in his kind of blueprint of what he wants to establish from heaven in our city. And it always just drew my heart of, man, I really want to be a part of seeing that manifest. And that's, I've always just kind of carried that. So when we started the church, um, for those of you who don't know, we started church about four years ago. We just started a Bible study, and it just kind of kept evolving into what it is today. And we named it Cedar House because of um, Scripture in 1 Kings, where King Solomon built a temple for God. So I'm going to give a little bit of history here, if you could just track with me. So um, for those of you who don't know a lot of Old Testament Scripture, i try to make this just real simple. Um, due to the power of sin and that the Holy Spirit had not been released yet, God was actually in a box. <laughs> God broke out the box a long time ago. You like that joke, don't you? Um, God was literally in a box. It was called the Ark of the Covenant. And it started when Moses would engage with God and he would literally show up in this box, in this room that was like a box. And God's presence would manifest from that place. And only certain people could go encounter God. The clearest examples of this is in the life of Moses. Moses would go encounter God, and God would give him things like the Ten Commandments. And that got passed down from generation to generation. Now, you can just imagine how uh, righteously coveted it was to have this box, to have the presence of God with you wherever you went. Um, There would be battles in the Old Testament. One time, the Philistine army actually stole the box. It's like a very dangerous thing to do. They brought it into their palace, and there was other kind of fake gods that they would, there's this one god, like this golden altar thing, and they left it overnight one night in this, in this palace, and the, the other god's name was Dagon, D-A-G-O-N. We just thank God that his name is, our god's not, name is not Dagon. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be, it'd be difficult to get someone to really believe in what you're doing with the name like Dagon. Um, and so they they leave it there, they wake up the next morning, and Dagon is completely laid over prostrate, broken in front of the ark. Isn't that cool? I love that story so much. So King David, God established King David's reign over Israel, and David, um, because of his passion for God, wanted to create a place for God to permanently be. It wasn't like this ark just keeps getting passed around. He wanted to be in one permanent place. And so he told God he wanted to build him a temple. Well, long story short, King David was not able to build him a temple, but his son Solomon was. So I'm going to just stop there. There are things that David was a man after God's own heart. God favored him and God loved him. But there are things in his life that he worked as hard as he possibly could to get to. And he couldn't see it, but his children could see it. There are things that God is calling us to do today that we're not going to see manifested in the next five to 30 years, but our children will see it. Uh, If if you want to build something for your children to walk into to take it to the next step, you have to think long term. Two weeks ago, I taught on living for the next generation. That's online if you wanted to hear that. So Solomon got to build a temple. So God told Solomon, almost like Noah's Ark, where he told him specifically, this is how I want you to build it. And one of the main, um, if not the, one of the main materials he told him to use was cedar wood. And so Solomon, in order to build this temple, 
created over 200,000 jobs to get cedarwood into Israel so that he could build this place for God to reign forever. That is actually why we named the church Cedar House. God said, I, I, the true translation is, I want you to build me a house out of cedar. God said, I want you to build me a house out of cedar. And what happened in Solomon's day, because they built a place for God, there was so much favor and so much presence and so much blessing. They would just store silver on the streets. They didn't know what to do with it. There was so much manifest presence where they didn't have an enemy at all. Um, the, the root word of that is actually no one was fatherless. There was so much manifest presence in one place in Israel at that time where everyone knew who the father was. Everyone knew what it was like to have a father. How many of you know, in my opinion, the number one issue we have in society is fatherlessness? And so in Solomon's day, there was so much presence where that was actually possible. So that's, that's why we named our church Cedar House. Okay. There was a place where God agreed to be to manifest himself in one geographical area and from that place, everything else happened. Life happened. So you'd come into the sanctuary, you'd encounter God, you'd have community, and then you'd go out and do life. Now, you could transfer that to where we are today. That is typically how church is done. There is a building where everyone goes to experience God, and from that place, life happens. Okay, that is why I'm in Baton Rouge. That is why... We are doing a church to create a place for God, for God's manifest presence to be here. And from that place, life happens. We are not just doing church because it's fun. We're not just doing church because it's something to do. I'm completely sowing in my life. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm sowing my life down into seeing revival in Baton Rouge. Um, that's why we came back to Baton Rouge. Now, I know there's a couple things with that that I knew had to happen to have revival. There's revival's been in a couple different places in America, and um, there's kind of little, little nuggets you could take from it. But I did know that, number one, if we don't keep family first and we put ministry over family, it's going to be a short-lived movement. God's not in a rush. He's been around a long time. He doesn't need us to fast and pray for a million days and run our families into the ground so we can have one cool experience. I'm not against that. I'm just saying I, I want to build something with God that's around for t 700 years. Sound good? Pick your number. 300, 1,000 years, doesn't matter. Build something that has a, lo a lot of longevity to it. The second thing was I knew that our creative ideas and tactics weren't going to move God to have a sustained revival. Like there's not some idea that we're going to have that's like going to align with God perfectly and all of a sudden we have revival. But there is a yieldedness to God. So keeping family first, which means we're not in a big rush. Your children are more important than your ministry. Your spouse is more important than your ministry. And then also just not getting in the way. Not rushing God, not coming up with creative schemes so that things are better, but truly being yielded to his presence like Jesus was to the Father. Are you guys with me? This is, this is what we're doing. This is what Cedar House is built on. We may not be good at it, but it is what we're doing. There is no other subject. We are lovers of God's presence, and that's what we're going to do. We're never going to shift off that topic. 
We're never going to shift off of him being the source of everything that we're doing. So I'm inviting you in today to, to a little bit of the vision of what we're, what we're about to transfer into. And you can have as much of that as you want to have. How many of you know the story of Joshua and Caleb in the Old Testament? Phenomenal story. Long story short, they get up to the promised land. They stop at the line. Moses says, Moses sends out some spies into the promised land. They come back, and they have a report. And everyone is scared, but there's these two guys, Joshua and Caleb, and they come back, and their reports of the milk and the honey is over. It's such a bountiful place. That there's theologians that say there's 20-pound grapes. They came back with 20-pound grapes. Can you imagine that? And they come back, and they're like, guys, like, this is what God has for us. Look what our children could have. Look at the generations upon generations of what is possible. And no one believed them because they looked at the logical side of things, and they, none of those people entered the promised land. What a bummer. I, I want you to know I, I'm trying the best I can, but I, what I will tell you is that I believe that nothing is impossible I am trying to create a place for God where nothing is impossible. So when I say nothing is impossible, I mean literally nothing. Arms growing back, people being healed of cancer, dead people being raised, addictions being broke off people after 30 years, completely shattered marriages restored, people experiencing God. The craziest thing you could ending poverty in Baton Rouge, transforming the education system, <clears throat> if if it is if you can think it, it's in his heart. How many of you are excited about that? When I was young, if there was someone in my position standing up saying, it is actually all possible, my heart would have exploded in my chest. Whatever you think is not possible, it is possible. It is 100% possible because nothing is impossible. And we're trying to create an environment where God's presence is so that from that place, nothing is impossible. Can I get an amen? amen. How many of you like thinking thoughts like things aren't going to work out? Or like there's not enough? Or man, it'd be really cool if blank happened. What's well, all possible? It's all possible because he said with God, nothing is impossible. And we're going to pursue that. So just wanted to give some vision there. Can you see the gr- can you see the 20 pound grapes? <laughs> Do you want your children to walk in something bigger than you did? Okay. That will not happen overnight. It's going to take a long time to sow seeds in and make that happen, but we want to do that. So in this journey, I say all of that to say we are in process of getting our own building as a church. Come on now, that's... That's really exciting. Cool, why don't you turn your... uh, JP, can you get the lights down? And then turn your attention to the screen. We'll watch this this quick video, and then I'll jump into some more stuff.
How awesome is that? Isn't that fun? So cool. Can we thank Josh and Alicia Atwell? Just clap for them. They do so many things that you don't see. They're amazing. Josh uh, was behind doing that video, so he's just amazing. Okay, I'm going to spend about the next 20 minutes just going over practicals. Again, if this is your first time, you just get welcome into the family, what we're doing. So that is the building. That building is off of Jones Creek. For those of you who don't know who Jones Creek is, if you've left here, it'd be off the, either the O'Neill or the Highland exit. Um, there is a currently a church that is actually this Sunday. Their last Sunday was our last Sunday there and they've moved out. There's been two churches that have been at this building, one for about three years and one for a year and a half, and um, the opportunity opened up for it to happen. Okay, so I'm going to just make sure I get all this. Okay, so a little bit of background. We started in a house church. We moved to another church off of Starring Lane. We met on Sunday night in their building uh, to really establish what we feel like God wanted to establish. We needed to move to a Sunday morning. Um, For the past two and a half years, I've had um, a commercial real estate agent showing us different buildings all of the time just nothing ever uh nothing ever panned out there's other i'm friends with other pastors in the city too and they're in the same spot it's just like there's just not a lot unless you have a lot of money um there's just not a spot and so um in this transition i knew we needed to get into a place something like this so the radisson opened up really cool god story of how all that happened so we've we've been in here for about five months uh five and a half months it started as the Radisson Hotel. We're three months into the Radisson Hotel. They were giving us a fan. I'm going to talk about some numbers here, too. So, we'll, again, this is all just tangibles. We got into the Radisson Hotel for about $1,500 a month with on-site storage with these four rooms, which is just a really good deal. Um, so we started doing that. Three and a half months into the Radisson, they sold it to the Red Roof Inn. The Red Roof Inn was not as fervent of giving us basically a free place to stay. <laughs> which if I was in their shoes, uh, you know, same thing. There's, that's not against them. They're just, they need to make money off this building. So when we were at the Radisson, one thing, whenever it was the Radisson, one thing they were doing is letting us keep all of our stuff up throughout the week, which was just a really tremendous blessing. Um, it takes more than you would think to set all this up and keep all this moving. So um, when they made the transition, they also um, basically tripled the price, um, which, again, that's not, they, that is normal, they they brought it to normal. Um, they didn't. They're not like hurting us or anything. And so when they brought it up, it'd be about thirty three hundred dollars a month um, with some more stipulations. And we just really felt like this is probably not long term going to be a best place to stay. As a church, we've been saving up a lot of cash, uh, relatively a lot of cash, so that we could eventually get into our own building. So this type of um, thing could happen. And whenever they raised the price up to 3300 we thought, you know what, we just need to start looking for a spot. So I started doing that, again, looking heavy. Nothing. Nothing's on the market. Nothing popped up. Um, the Castiles know the pastor of the church that, that was over there, and they mentioned it to me. I, we got in touch with the landlord. They didn't even put it on the market. Like, no one knew about it. Um, and I started engaging with the landlord for him. He's super excited about it. Their lease ends on May 1st which then we can take over. <clears throat> so he's just absolutely thrilled, like, this is great. Yeah, please come in and, and take the building. So it's a little bit of backstory um, of, of the history. This really was, I'll, I'll just be honest with you, it wasn't like I had some God dream or some encounter with God that said move to Jones Creek. Um, honestly, getting into here had a lot more spiritual energy around it, if you will. Um, this is just practical 
fell into our lap, and it makes a whole lot of sense. And I'm absolutely thrilled about it. Okay, so um, I'm bringing you into the fold here. I'm possibly creating a huge mess. We actually haven't signed the lease yet. Um, but we're a small enough church where before we leave today, we're going to pray that everything goes well. Um, he gave us the lease. We made some adjustments on our end. Tomorrow, what he told me on the phone, we've, we've agreed to everything verbally. Uh, and the gentleman tomorrow, we're going to meet at the notary. And what he's saying is just we're going to go ahead and sign it. So it's really fun. So be praying, and we'll pray today before it happens. So uh, the lease agreement's not signed yet. So we're going to sign a three-year lease, which is $4,500 a month. That does not include utility. So we're planning on about $5,500 a month. I'm going to jump into more finances in a little bit. So when their, their lease ends on May 1st, and so kind of the negotiation that we've done is hopefully they'll give us two weeks where we're not paying any money, but we get to fix up the building before we get in. I'm also going to jump into more fix-ups in a second. Okay, so it could potentially happen in two weeks. We may only meet here one more time. Isn't that awesome? Super fun. Um, okay, so uh, why that part of town? I'll be honest with you. I have a heart for Baton Rouge. If you would have told me when I was 20 years old or 26 living in Seattle that I would be the senior leader of a church in Shenandoah, I would have said you've lost your mind because uh, there's 0% chance that would happen. Shenandoah is where I grew up, a neighborhood. I grew up like a mile from this place, which is I've lived in other – it's just absolutely – Stunning. So um, where do I want to be? I'd probably rather be more in the city, just to be really honest with you, but this is the open door that God's given us, and we're in our journey. Again, I'm not, we don't have to swing for the fences right now. This is financially doable. This is where we feel like it's at. Oddly enough, Stacy and I have an incredible amount of peace around it, and everyone from church leadership that we've brought in also feels the same way. It just is really exciting. So it's on the other side of town by Shenandoah neighborhood. Okay, kids' rooms. If you can see how we run kids here, um, when we get there, we're going to add a couple walls, but we're going to have four kids' rooms. I mean, it's a church. Like, just imagine, like, Cedar House has a church building. Like, there's, like, a foyer and, like, a coffee area and kids' areas and a sanctuary where everything's there all the time and a sound booth and a... Wait, you're going to be really excited when I tell you what, really what it is, but there's like a green room office. It's, it's a church building. There's parking. Uh, so uh, really excited about that. But kids, but just, just so you guys know, we're, we're, kids' ministry is truly, truly our heart. I, I feel like we've not been able to really manifest or demonstrate that because of our restrictions of where we've been. And I really do think we're going to see a major um, injection of health um, into our kids we, we we started the church uh and i said if, if the kids if the kids aren't experiencing god we're just we're just wasting time so i i think we're really going to see that um you guys with me good logistics okay so the way the building works is there's five units and four of them on the left are all they the church made them into all one unit so it, like you, there's four different ways to get in, but it's all one building. And there's also just this fifth unit that they use for offices. We're not going to rent that fifth unit yet. We just feel like out of just wisdom, it's just not time yet. And the landlord knows that. But in a couple months, we'll just see if we continue to grow to maybe use that extra 1,200 square feet. Now, I say that to say if we do grow in size or we need more rooms for kids, there is literally an extra 1,200 square feet that's just waiting on us. 
um, which is really great. It would be about an extra seven seven fifty a month um, to be able to do that. So really excited about kids. Uh, we can grow to about 200 people before having multiple services. So at Cedar House, I kind of mentioned it before. My, well, I don't have like an enrollment or there's not like a checklist you have to sign to like be a member. I would probably say there's 100, 120 adults that if everyone came at the same Sunday, it'd probably be in that range. <laughs> there's probably, I don't know, 50 or 60 in the room now. Um, and kids will range from like 15 to like 50 kids. So there's anywhere from like 70 to 150 people each Sunday making all of this happen. Um, I, I would imagine moving into our own building, we'd experience a pretty good amount of growth, um, which means we'd go to two services eventually or a Sunday morning and Sunday night. We'll figure that out. We're not there yet, but there is room for growth. Um, no major setup and teardown. Again, I can't tell you how wonderful that is. Um, churches who set up and tear down around the country, they typically have a booming college and high school ministry, uh, not 38-year-olds with four kids setting up at 7 a.m. Um, so really excited about that. There's a stage. Everything will be on there. I know you saw those pictures. All right, check this out. There is a baby room, cry room, with a window to see into the sanctuary and hear it. How many of you have been in our overflow cry room? Week one and two, everyone was jacked up about it. Like, it was kind of VIP and couches week three. They couldn't wait to get back in um, for visuals. But, like, where I'm standing, where the sanctuary is, there's a room that we're going to make where um, nursing mothers and just small kids can, can be in there and hear and see. Really excited about that. There's 55 parking spots, not including street parking. So there's literally 15,000 houses around there that we could just park on the street. But there's about 55 spots that are really close, which is really great. Okay, tangibles. Um, we're going to hold a finance meeting soon. Uh, every year I hold a finance meeting. We track every dollar. Um, we, we, I, it's very important to me to track every dollar. We have projections built out. Um, everyone who's ever seen our finances is extremely impressed with a church of our size. Uh, we have actually been paid to consult and help other churches with their finances. Um, so we just run it really tight. Thanks to Treddy. So in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have a finance meeting. I really, really uh, encourage you to come. I know I have those a lot, and no one comes. I think it's because y'all trust me a lot. I'm not sure. Um, but now we're moving into where money is more of an issue in the church. So just wanted everybody to know that um, that will come up. We're going to have work days because um, we're going to completely renovate the building to some degree. So our, our short-term plan, it's, it's carpet. How many of you love this red roof and carpet? <laughs> Our building's going to look a little bit better than this. Um, we're going to strip the carpet, stain the floors, paint everything white, and we're going to add a couple couple walls for Kids Church. And so this is going to take a pretty substantial amount of hand, all hands on deck. Um, we're not going to sub that out. We don't have that type of those resources. <clears throat> so uh, it's going to be a really fun time. I really encourage you guys when we set up those work days, please come. Even if you don't have an extreme talent, you can do something. Paint. You can paint the first coat of paint. We'll come back and fix it if you if you mess it up. Um, it's really excited about it. Okay. Um, so financially, so for what we feel like is responsible with a conservative estimate, we we, we yes. Uh, so just with our basic projections of how we've been running things now. 
we would need about five thousand more dollars a month than how we're currently running our current church budget runs off about twelve thousand dollars a month our tithe fluctuates pretty drastically from like ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month um, again, just so everyone knows, I don't know who tithes. I, you, you could give $20 million or nothing. I don't know. Treddy is judging you, not me. <laughs> um, but here, here's the thing, guys. This is the first time I've ever said this um, in my position of being in a church. We really do need money. We, we really do need everyone's buy-in. This is really the time. If Cedar House is your home, this, this really is an opportunity to truly sow in. Um, and I love people sewing in spiritually. Uh, I'm literally talking about money and energy and labor. Can I get an amen? Um, with that 5,000, again, we believe that's a conservative number to, to just, f- if we feel like if we can get that, would be good. There are two businessmen in the community that go to church here that have already said, I'll, I'll give 1,000 a month for the first year. So we need 3,000 more dollars a month. Uh, to be able to sustain it. Now, here's the thing. The church is not going to go under if we don't get 3000 a month. But if you want it to thrive, I really think that $3,000 a month is really doable uh, for our community. So, again, we're going to have a finance meeting. But if, if you are in a position to be able to sow in financially, this is really the time to do so. Now, scripturally, the woman who gave a penny, it meant more to God than the guy who gave a lot because she gave out of her lack. So I'm not, again, I'm not even going to see it. But I just encourage you, if you do have a lot, please give it. If you have $4 and you can help clean, that's just as important. Landon won't be judging you. Again, Treddy will be. (laughs) Uh, So there was also going to be, we're going to have a list of items to buy up front. So when you walk into this place, um, I love what the way they currently had it designed, not how we're going to have it designed. It's going to be really clean really modern looking within um, healthy cost confinements. You walk in, there's going to be a coffee area, kind of a foyer where everyone's going to hang out. It's going to look really cool. just takes money to make all that. I mean, things like vacuum cleaners, things like a broom. I mean, just think of anything, internet. I mean, you get a chair. All this stuff costs money. So we're going to have a list if anyone wants to sew in to say, okay, I, I tell you what, I, I can't. I can't do this and I can't do that, but I, I can put money forth towards buying a vacuum or I have a vacuum and the church can have it, things like that. We're, we're forecasting uh, about $10,000 upfront cost. Now, just to be clear, the church has that money. We have about forty grand um, in the church reserves that we've been building up for either this moment or when we buy our own building. And so w- we can afford all that. Um, I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. Is anyone a Dave Ramsey fan? If you don't like Dave Ramsey, to each their own um, is what it is. Um, try to have at least three months three months of cash reserves in our savings. We, we have that now. We will not have that one month into the building. So we'll have to dip pretty significantly into our reserves if, if we make that move. So, again, it's not that we'll go under... We're just really, really inviting everyone to sew in. Okay, we will move in before it's completely ready. There's just really no point to wait. We were talking yesterday, Phil and I. It, it may take three or four weeks to get it how we want it with everything done. So as soon as we're able to move in, we're probably going to do that. Um, so the week one, the floors are not going to – we'll get to enjoy more carpet like this. Um, but, but eventually we'll, we'll get to that point just to be able to get in. 
just the cost of staying here whenever we have the opportunity to move there. We just, we just want to be able to do that. It's possible that there's only one more week here, which would be cool. At most, it'd be two. Um, so the Red Roof Inn, we're on a week-to-week basis with them. They know we're looking. They don't know that yet because I haven't signed a lease. If you could not go out there and tell them that we're leaving because we have to have somewhere to meet next week. Um, the moment I sign it, I'm going to call them. But they do know that I'm looking. I'm doing that in an honorable way. Cool. That makes sense. I'm gonna try, I try to just just blast it out the best way I can. Overwhelmingly excited about this. Um, it's just gonna be really really fun. Long term, as I mentioned at the beginning, when I was teaching a little bit, I do feel like there is land for us, and I do feel like there's that that we will actually build a building, eventually. I'm not in a rush to do that. Again, we're that could be five years out. But just a vision, so you know, as church leadership, that's what we're thinking. This is not long-term. This is short-term to get us to a healthy spot. So that long-term, we're in a position to actually build something, which I'm excited about. Okay, let me end with this. I, I didn't realize this. I'm, I'm just be really transparent with you. I started a church because I enjoy ministering to people. I enjoy teaching about the kingdom. I enjoy praying for people. I enjoy doing inner, inner healing. I enjoy laying hands on people and praying for them. I, I enjoy marriage counsel. Like, I care about people, and I care about God's presence, and I care about ministry. If you've ever been in church leadership, really quickly you realize, like, 80% of your job is not that. And being a pop-up and tear-down church with no location even adds to it. So I would say there's two positions as church leader, and thank God I have some skill set on both sides. Um, but if there was a young pastor who asked me and he didn't have both these skill sets, I would tell him to change his structure before he planted a church. There's really like a CEO hat, and then there's a pastor hat. And today I've worn both hats on what this looks like. But I realized when I th- started thinking we're going to get a building, I began to dream again on ministry. Like, I, I just, I didn't realize I'd kind of fallen in this. I'm like, where are we going to meet? How are we going to meet? Child care? Is there food? What's going on? Oh, no, we can't do that because we don't have a location. I mean, just so much stuff due to a lack of building. And so w- when, when thinking of getting this building, I just started dreaming again of what was possible. So there's things like having worship nights. Imagine having a worship night where it's like, hey, on Thursday, we're going to go worship. There's a building. Isn't that great? like a physical spot to do a worship night things like worship rooms uh the upper room is a church in dallas that's really influenced us a lot they do worship rooms the stuff that we started at new life it's just hard to keep going because it's not our building things like that just just really just soaking in god's presence all of the time being in the church building prayer nights uh, middle school kids lock-ins i mean i hadn't even just stuff like that you know just really really cool uh, restarting and really pouring into middle school and high school groups, doing things like Nourish, Sozo trainings, men's Bible study, something so dear to my heart as a school of ministry. In the middle of the school of ministry this year, we, we got kicked out of our spot, transferred a couple times. It's, we're just, we've been homeless. Um, and so we've, we've just excited about getting a home, um, allowing it to be used for community use. And then, look, long-term, my desire is to have a church building that actually generates income where it's not based on tithes and offerings. Um, would, that won't be able to start immediately while we're here, but we'll just kind of see what happens. It is possible if we get that fifth unit to maybe do, like, a coffee shop. 
after school daycare, homeschool co-ops, things of that nature to, for one, to help with cost, but also sow into the community. So I'm just super excited about it. If you're fresh and new to the to the uh, church, you may have been just kind of caught in the middle of it. If you've been here since the beginning, you've kind of seen this ebb and flow, and we're getting to this point. It, it, I know for me, it just feels really right, and it feels really, really good. So I am overwhelmingly excited about what we're doing. So in closing, again, guys, dream with me. Think big with me. But we really do need to sew in. I, I understand that in church history, I've been around it. Money and church create a dynamic that is very gray lines. And I know that there's people in the room who've been hurt by it. I've been around it. I've seen it go bad. I'm being as transparent as I possibly can be. I'm asking for $3,000 more a month from 40 families, not $20 million. So I, I, think, I think the ask is pure uh, to be able to sustain what we're doing. Um, but that's why we're transparent with church finances. That's why we're transparent with what we're doing. That's why the significant majority of the money I make does not come from church. I'm just trying our best to keep church finances as clean as possible. I'm not against full-time ministry. I'm not against people making a lot of money in ministry. Just the season that we're at. Just trying to be as transparent as we can and honest as we can. If you ever have questions about church finances, come talk to me. I have no problem talking to anyone about it. Again, we're going to have a finance meeting coming up in a couple weeks. We'll start having those probably every four to six months now instead of once a year. Um, just due to, just due to the need. Y'all excited? Super excited. Um, yeah, I just feel like God has really big things. I feel like God has big thing, big things for every church in Baton Rouge, not just us. But I, but I do think that there's a flavor of Him, and what He wants to do that that we manifest, and I'm really excited about it. Okay, so leaving this meeting, we're about to pray over this whole transition. I'm going to call a finance meeting soon if you'd like to be a part of it to know what you can give. You can do that. And we're going to come up with a list of things that you can give as well. And then um, work days. Work days are going to be big to be able to transfer into the room. Okay. If I sign this lease tomorrow, we'll have one more week, most likely, in this building. For some reason, not everyone comes on every Sunday in our community abnormal amount than other communities. Tell everyone at Cedar House. <laughs> I don't want, like, there's going to be, like, 15 people that show up to the Red Roof Inn next week and have no idea what's going on. We'll put it on Instagram. Once we get it all lined up, we'll get it all going, and we'll, we'll kind of start down that path. There's a lot of logistics between now and then, but it's all kind of stuff that we'll, we'll just keep going. You guys good? Yeah. I'm going to be up here afterwards. If you have any questions for me, I'll tell you what, I'm going to stand out in the foyer. You can ask me any questions that you have about anything going on, or if you'd like to help in any way, just come talk to me about it. Um, yes. Okay. Do you know that we're doing ministry, not, we're, we're doing a church because we want revival, not a building? Do you know that that's not our motivation? In order to have healthy kids' church and a place for God to manifest, we need some type of environment. And I'm not getting creative and trying to mess up what God's doing. I'm trying to move as he moves. I'm not trying to manifest something. I'm trying to capture what God's doing. Awesome. Why don't we stand up?
Yeah, I grew up. I grew up a mile from that from that spot. <laughs> uh, at 26, living in Seattle in downtown Seattle, with no intention of ever coming back to Baton Rouge, I would have bet you a million dollars that this wouldn't happen. I would have thought I'd been in like Africa doing missions before this. God is funny, uh, but feels good. I'm excited about it. Went to high school like half a mile, maybe half a mile, somewhere in there. I'm getting so old they had to tear down the building. They even have a new one there. It's how I can't even remember what it used to look like. 36, creeping up there. I'm just going to keep ranting random things while you're all standing <laughs> looking at me. Getting gray hairs, too. Awesome. I'm excited. All right. I'm going to pray. First, I'm going to just pray over... Uh, I'm going to just pray over a couple things. If you guys would just agree with me, there's just power in agreement. If you're not in agreement, you can just leave. Um, don't want disagreement in the room. We want agreement in the room. Awesome. All right. Well, Father, uh, thank you that you're our provider and that um, that you have, you've paid the highest price and you have unlimited resources. And God, I thank you so much that you've actually, you trust us to minister the gospel in Baton Rouge. Uh, We do not take that for granted. We're thankful that you actually think that we can help you advance your kingdom when we don't really have much to offer. And so we're just thankful. God, we we don't want to do something you don't want to do. We want to move at your pace. God, I pray that you bring the right people um, into what you're doing. God, for all of the things that have been sown into Baton Rouge, all of the movements that have happened, God, we just want to dig up the soil of past revival here. And we say that we want it. We want to take it forward. We want to see your presence manifest. And we want to pass it to the next generation. So, God, I just pray over this whole thing. I pray over the finances, over this whole move. God, that you would um, establish yourself. Yeah, we just ask for um, uh, revenue. We ask for income. We ask for gifts. Um, we just ask that you would make this a peaceful transition. Um, King David prayed, Bless me, O God, that your way would be known amongst the earth. All the things you've put in our heart, God, I ask for the resources to be able to accommodate and accomplish those goals. God, I pray for for everyone in the community, how they're supposed to sow in, whether it's just in any way that uh, you're just pulling our hearts um, for the people who are supposed to be bought in. Um, God, so pray over this lease. Uh, just pray over this landlord, God. There'd be no confusion between us and him. Things would go well. Things would go the right way. Um, that we would just have a harmonious relationship with our landlord. Um, and that tomorrow um, when we meet to go over the lease and sign the papers, that it's, just, it's just right. Everything's just in alignment. It's how you would want it done. So we pray over him and his family. I pray that you bless them and that we'd be a blessing to them. In this transition, God, I pray over the Radisson and the Red Roof Inn, that everything that we've sown in here, um, that this hotel would be different moving forward, that your presence would be here. People would encounter you because of what you've done here. Um, We're so thankful for that. So, God, just the whole transition, time, money, energy, everything that it takes to make this move, I just pray for open doors and favor over this whole thing, God, favor over this whole thing. Um, I love the different ways you move, God, but I pray for a clarity and a clearness of what you want us to do and how you want us to do it, Um, that we wouldn't just be making decisions, that you would lead us 
with wisdom like Solomon asked for. God, we ask for wisdom that we would do this the right way. So God, everyone in this room, let's pray that you bless them. No accidents, no incidents, safety. Continue to encounter them um, the way that you've been doing. Thank you for this week, and I pray for an awesome week in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming and listening. Uh, hey, there's going to be a prayer team up here, Maria and uh, someone else, uh, praying right here. Hey, we still have to tear down all this stuff, so if you'd like to help, um, you'll see Mike up here in the front. Castile's right here at well somewhere. Just talk to those guys. They can help tear down everything. And uh, if you've got any questions, come talk to me. If not, we'll see you next week. Welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. Our desire is to remain in God's presence, explore His passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire our city 